welcome to a bonus episode of the Horizon Roundtable. You knew this one was coming. I'm Bob McDonald. Um, joining me on this bonus episode is John Parker. What's up, Bob? How's it going? You know, it's it, it's one of those days. Um, <laughs> All right, I shouldn't ask you that. <laughs> I did, I'm not okay. It's not like terrible, but it is a day for us. Um, Matt, you can find it on Twitter at Horizon John. Obviously, you can find us on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. Um, you can follow us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. Um, yeah, so we're doing this bonus episode. The the worst kept secret on the planet, UIC, is going to the Missouri Valley Conference. And incidentally, uh, before we go any further, uh, a little later on in the podcast, we will be joined by Matt Brown, um, of the of, who writes the Extra Points newsletter, um, who's been on this since the very beginning. So, uh, so you definitely don't want to, you know, if you want to skip over what the heck we got to say, just jump to that part. But yeah, so yeah, UIC's gone. I mean, they're not gone, gone, but they're in. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> um, they got one foot out the door. Yeah, I mean, they're they're like a week into a two week notice. Yeah, it's it's announced. Um, they're going to be moving on. Uh, lately, competitive. It's it's interesting with their location. Um. And, you know, with their budget being kind of on the high end of the Horizon League, there is potential for them. Um, but it's been largely unrealized. They've generally not been, you know, they, they kind of had a little run during the Jimmy Collins era. But other than that, they've kind of just been, I don't know, I'd say. Blah. Really, the answer is blah, John. Blah. Uh, living up to its potential. Kind of like a lot of schools in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously with the Chicago location, with them having the biggest budget in the league, there was the potential for them, you know, if you make the right hire at AD at, uh, you know, head men's basketball coach to really, really, you know, flip things. And that's going to be kind of part of the allure for the Missouri Valley. Um, indeed it was, does mean that for us. The program they've been hasn't, you know, it's not irreplaceable. No. And, you know, we, uh, it, I guess it depends on what, and we'll talk, we'll actually talk about some of those potentials with Matt a little later on. Um, so obviously, yeah, so obviously the Horizon League caught wind of this and they actually did, um, the, their commissioner, Julie Rolash, they actually, this is the, this is their statement um, UIC informed the Horizon League that it will be leaving the conference as a full member effective June 30th, 2022. Interesting, they use the word full member, um, and we'll actually talk about that a little later with Matt as well. Anchored by our values integrity, values of integrity, respect, and student-athlete well-being, Len, led by our board of directors, we will continue to move forward with our membership strategies focused on member alignment and opportunity, our strategic goals of national excellence in basketball, and providing superior co-curricular activities for our student-athletes remain central to the league. The end. Okay. <laughs> so I guess, like, you know, Godspeed UIC, I guess. that's it. Um, Also, yeah, uh, we're going to have to work on that whole, you know, doing better at basketball thing. Because that's been an issue for like a decade. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the team that they're replacing in the Chicago market, Loyola, 
when Loyola was in the league, UIC were, was generally better than them. Yes, um, that that's that's amazingly true. But um, there was a lot of investment that went into you know upping facilities and things like that. Um, that, to my knowledge, I haven't been able to find anything about UIC dramatically changing that. Um, I wouldn't expect another Loyola. I think that's kind of a a lightning in the bottle situation. Um, but I mean, you know what? It, it's a whole lot of not our problem anymore. <laughs> yeah. I right. mean, really, it is. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, the downside for the league is that they are now. If uh, there is. There is a giant hole where the Chicago market used to be for the Horizon League, but at the same time, you know, from a competitive standpoint, like you, like you said, and I'm sure we've said multiple times over the years. I mean, are we going to notice? <laughs> Potentially, no. Um, if they if they do this new addition correctly, um, I mean, if we got another Northern Kentucky type program who, you know, right out of the gate when they come, you know, a few years in they're ready to go, then no, we absolutely, I mean, if we notice anything, it'll be, hey, that's cool. We're a little better than we used to be. Um, What's the, the other thing too will be, you know, if it, so, so, okay, this is what I have to say right now. Okay. Um, I'm directing this to Commissioner Julie Rolash or if somebody from the Horizon League is listening, and I know you are, make sure she gets this message. Are you listening? Don't panic ad. Please to think about this. Please think. Yeah, and I mean, I please, think. Please do not do what. Please do not repeat. We do not need a repeat of the Valpo departure. Please, <laughs> just don't. No disrespect to IUPUI, but I continue to maintain that that was a panic ad. And I mean, aside from, I mean, don't get me wrong. Women's basketball is awesome. Men's basketball has been. Not so awesome. Think this through. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay if you don't add somebody right now. And the one thing. And I'll you know where I'm going with this. Last time, if you looked at the candidates, the best candidates were out my way. I mean, honestly, even further away than I am out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico State and, well, not the the time you or IUPUI was added. Um Grand Canyon and New Mexico State were being looked at. I know I've talked about it a few times before. You never want to be the conference that spreads its footprint that thin. Um, that just makes it so easy for your teams to leave. And for me, I think there's an opportunity. I'm not going to get into the specifics of you know the team. I, I've said it on Twitter. I've said it on the podcast. Uh, Kyle Craven has said it on Twitter and on the podcast. Are, and written articles about it, and I will have something out, you know, coming out on Thursday. But to me right now, with what's happening with the OVC and just with the geography and how it's kind of shifted in the Horizon League, how the geography is shifted in uh, the A-Sun, I think there's a definite opportunity for the league to kind of be the, you know, the, not like the premier league of the, I guess, where the, yeah, but like kind of 
top of the pecking order of like the mid majors. You know, we've been waiting for to be the top of the pecking order of mid majors, and we just keep underachieving, though. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, at least like it, it, we put up a uh, at least at the, if if we're not at least performing at the top of the mid majors, at least we put up a good front in terms of our you know in terms of our teams. We look good on paper every preseason. That's what we do. <laughs> Ouch. That and we would know. <laughs> yeah, I would know. I would know a lot about that. You absolutely that. know. Um, but yeah, for me, it seems like there's the potential for, you know, rather than, hey, the, the Chicago market, the Chicago market, um, it doesn't seem like things are necessarily going that way based on kind of the insiders on Twitter, um, Matt, actually. Um, Who we'll be talking to a little later. Yeah. Uh, Keep alluding to that, by the way. This is important that he's coming on. <laughs> I can't believe we got him. That's awesome. Um, but it's what we do, the, man. The opportunity exists to kind of take over like that Tennessee, Kentucky area as like, you know, underneath like the A-10 and Missouri Valley in that area. Um, uh, it probably eventually means that our teams are the ones that are first to get poached, but it's, you know, potentially reverting back to where we were in kind of the early 2010s where, you know, there was a clear divide between the OVC and the Horizon League, but it was flipped from what it's been recently with uh, Belmont and Murray State kind of being fantastic and a lot of Horizon League schools really, really underachieving. Indeed. Um, the one thing that I guess we uh, – the one one thing lost in all of this is that the report that uh, – the report that somewhere along the lines there was something going on between – I don't know if it was a pitch, a call, or whatever. A high uh, – a you know, a note that says, do you like us, check yes or check no, between the Missouri Valley Conference and Northern Kentucky. Apparently there was a, it was a, I don't know what it was. It was, clearly wasn't like a full court press or anything. It wasn't like the, the way that, you know, uh, you know, UT Arlington and, and, and Kansas city, UMKC, sorry, UMKC can't help you. You guys are going to be in the summit. Incidentally, listen to the reaching and summit podcast. You'll get to keep to do that. Um, those pitches or the, the pitch, obviously the full court press at UIC, you know, having them on campus, breaking out Curtis Granderson of all people. Um, yeah, but apparently there was a, I guess maybe a conversation. I don't know if it was like a, you know, I don't know what it was, but the, the thing that strikes me about that is that you see, it seems to me that Northern Kentucky really, really wants to go somewhere else. Now, will that change now that Ken Bodoff's retiring? I don't know. But that's gonna be a good that's a question we'll have well that's a question that that's a question that's gonna linger for the next AD if we get to talk to them. Um yeah I mean I'm not sure. Uh I think it's natural though. I mean I think if you if there was an offer on the table from the MVC for any school in the league, are they gonna gone? Go? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's an opportunity at more, you know, 
more money, more spotlight, uh, potentially if your program rises up for at-large bids. Um, and then on the flip side, honestly, I would have been a lot more heartbroken if Northern Kentucky left. They've, you know, just got here. I know. They're probably, I mean, I, I think, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but it was something along the lines of, in their entire 20 years, or since 1990, no, 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 um, their entire 20 years of being in the Horizon League since, you know, the name change, I guess, which is a weird time cutoff, but whatever. Uh, UIC had five winning yes. seasons in league play. Correct. How many years until Northern Kentucky? Have they already done that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have. And incidentally, I'd like to point out, and I'm sure Northern Kentucky fans will point this out to us. Um, Northern Kentucky got to the got into got to the uh, got to the NCAA tournament in their first season, if I'm not first season oh, as a full D1 t- at school. Yep. Because remember the season before they were still in their their transitory period when they yep. were in the Horizon League. So yeah. So yes, they they have nothing but upside. But again, as you pointed out, if you are a Horizon League school and you're not actively looking for looking to better deal the Horizon League, you guys have clearly been in the Horizon League entirely too long. <laughs> um, looking at you, Detroit Mercy, even though you know the mock is a possibility for you now. Now the Mammon's gone. No. Uh, so my understanding was still that Monmouth was. Um, Sorry, just briefly, uh, yeah. was a football-only ad for now, I think. Um, no. CAA football and the CAA were different. No, maybe not. Okay. No. Are you kidding me? They did, yeah, I'm pretty sure they did the whole big, whole shebang with uh, all the schools they were – because I think it was Monmouth and, uh, Monmouth and Stony Brook and Hampton. Hampton, who was, like, in the Big South for a grand total of a year. <laughs> and they jumped over to the CAA. Yeah, so that's what okay. happened. And by the um, way, yeah, that, that big, yeah, they, yeah, but again, anyway, this is the Horizon anyway, Roundtable and not any of those other podcasts, <laughs> although if you want to put one together for the, any of those conferences, give me a DM. <laughs> um, okay, I'll be uh, in your DM later. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, yes, but. Technically, it's like a cultural, more of a cultural fit for Detroit Mercy, but from the, um. The Max perspective. The mock. They've mock. got they've got teams right there that are you know equally yeah. good cultural fits. Maybe not quite the budget, but um, they're right there in the three states, four states that the conference is already located in. So, yeah, I well, think it's likely. Even though it sounds like Detroit Mercy fans want it, and again. I wouldn't be heartbroken by it as long as <laughs> had, a, had already hopefully added a new team before then so that we had to go look for another new team. Yeah. So, no, I don't think it. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I there is a possibility that they stand pad at 11. I mean, it seems like wonky that they would do that but i mean think about it for a second at the end of 20 at the uh at the end of 2020 when we thought we thought we were only just getting purdue fort wayne as the 11th school you know that we thought that was a possibility then and then yeah, obviously robert morris magically showed up 
Um, I mean, it's possible, which, by the way, means um, if they're doing the travel partners thing, Cleveland State is instantly screwed because it would be Youngstown State, Robert Morris, Oakland, Detroit, Mercy, Northern Kentucky, Wright State, IEPUI and Purdue Fort Wayne would be travel partners, and then the Wisconsin schools and Cleveland State would basically be the orphans. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. And by the way, I, yeah, I'll approve. I will. You guys can prove. You know, you, and if this actually happens in that travel partner relationship, if that travel partner scenario doesn't happen, you guys can more than you are more than happy to tell me how wrong I was. So. But that's that's kind of the other only other. I mean, it's possible they add a team. It's possible they don't add a team. Do they need to? I don't know. Maybe you know, get the existing eleven teams to do better. That might be nice. <laughs> I you know. have my thoughts on what they should do. I'll tell you on Thursday. Yes, Thursday. So yes, John will have a have a whole thing about this. So, uh, with so um. Without any further ado, um, we're gonna just jump over to uh, we're we're gonna jump over here and, and and talk to Matt Brown here. Okay, so right now we are joined by uh, a guy who has kind of been following this uh, the the UIC move. In fact, every Missouri Valley move right now since the beginning. Well, not just that, just you've kind of been everywhere. Uh, Matt Brown, thank you for joining us on the on this bonus episode. <laughs> hey, fellas, it, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So. First and foremost, you were actually at the press conference, which incidentally was live on ESPN Plus. I, I got past the I got past the band, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I cover college sports nationally, but I'm based in Chicago. I'm I don't know four miles north of of campus, and so I figured, yeah, I, I should come down and you know talk to the people who have been leaking me things for the the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, for one, if, if this matters, uh, I, I, you know, UIC's athletic administration was effusive in their praise of the Horizon League. They were grateful that, you know, this is not a burn the boats, uh, you're banned from the postseason, the colonial athletic sort of situation. Um, the Their AD, when, when talking to me, indicated that they really would like to continue to schedule some Horizon teams out of conference, not just for men's and women's basketball, but, but generally, right? If people want sure. to play in Chicago, there's... Um, established rivalries uh, with, with several of these other institutions. So like I would expect, you know, Milwaukee or, or Green Bay or some of these other programs to still be, you know, in, in the mix here. Uh, but also talked a little bit about uh, maybe the next steps from the Missouri Valley Conference and what might happen with a, a couple of these sports that, that aren't currently sponsored uh, by, by the league. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I know I was I, I know I was going through this when when the announcement was made because I didn't think to you know okay which which schools do the Missouri Valley what what teams what sports do the Missouri Valley Conference sponsor and men's tennis and men's swimming were not part of those which is interesting because the Horizon League with UIC only has five men's tennis teams and if they leave then the Horizon League's got some real problems. Yeah, so and it's interesting because Chicago State's athletic director was a former collegiate tennis player, and and so tennis I know is an issue near and dear to his heart. Uh, if, if I recall correctly, um, the Missouri Valley already sponsors women's swimming, and I think with these new additions, I believe yeah. the Missouri Valley will have five teams. I talked to Mountain, the Missouri Valley commissioner Jeff Jackson about this. He said, "Listen, you know, nothing set in concrete." I'm paraphrasing here. I'll get the exact quote in the in my newsletter for tomorrow. Um, 
know, paraphrasing, it's like, you know, we're aware of this. We are willing and, and interested in reevaluating what sports we sponsor now that we have some new members and what, what, what things are in their portfolio. We're not committing to anything yet. Okay. I think given the fact that UIC has pretty robust swimming facilities and how important a recruiting territory the northern and western Chicago suburbs are for swimming, I would not be at all surprised if the Missouri Valley recruits one affiliate member and decides to add men's swimming to, to their portfolio and potentially have championship meets in Chicago. Um, that would, would not surprise you. Tennis can be a little bit trickier, but, you know, whether that's grabbing, you know, working with the horizon and trying to, to maintain those relationships, whether that's maybe grabbing somebody from the Mac or some other kind of affiliate arrangement, that's still on the table. It's pretty clear they didn't make this move with tennis in mind, right? Like that, even yeah. for any athletic department, that's generally going to be near the bottom of the priority list, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, as, as much as it hates me to say it, yeah, that you are probably, you are absolutely right. <laughs> Yeah, this I mean, was, especially this, this is driven by many other things. Yeah, especially because for many, I mean, many of these these tennis programs, right? You're going to have a half to two two thirds of your roster be international students. Those are students that might not necessarily be as likely to contribute to, uh, you know, donations or capital programs in the future. Whereas maybe a larger roster sport or a higher profile sport might be. So it's not that it's unimportant, but that's not what would hold up. I think a significant conference change that USC has been wanting for a long time. Incidentally, I think this is more. I think we've talked more about tennis, uh, collegiate tennis, more in the last two minutes than we ever have in our podcast ever. <laughs> listen, listen. That, that's what the people want. Yes. So, um, so obviously we 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 know the we we know the story behind we know the story behind UIC. And by the way, if anybody's not following Matt on Twitter, you definitely want to follow. Uh, what is your Twitter handle again? Yeah, I'm at Matt Brown EP. And my publication is Extra Points, which can be yes. found at extrapointsmb.com. There you go. Extrapointsmb.com. Yes, absolutely. So so moving on to you – know, so, so yeah, you definitely want to you know, keep following him because I'm sure that you – know, especially if he you – know, like you said, he's national. So he's definitely got you know, looking at a lot of different things. So what we're interested in is what happens next for the Horizon League and – I can't tell you how many times the nightmare scenario, and it is a nightmare scenario to me, of Chicago State to the Horizon League has popped up way too many times for my comfort. Please allay our fears, Matt. I don't think that's happening. Thank and, you. And, and in fact, I would be <laughs> shocked if that happened. With Chicago State, like I'll lay out everything I know, right? I, I know that they have had conversations with the Southland Conference, with the Ohio Valley Conference, and with the MEAC. Uh, I believe they've talked with the Horizon about an affiliate relationship, maybe for tennis, right? Maybe for one or two Olympic sports, certainly not men's and women's basketball. Um, part of the hangup for Chicago State has been the fact that they uh, are a little ambivalent right now about potentially starting football, which is something the OVC in the South would really like them to do. Uh, and then they, for the, uh, the MIAC, there's the concern from the other MIAC institutions about, will you help us defray the travel costs? Because we're a bit of a bus league right now, and everyone's going to have to fly to Chicago. And it's not like it's difficult to get to Chicago State's, Chicago State's campus from Midway Airport or anything, but um, these are schools that would need a little bit of financial help. And my understanding right now is Chicago State hasn't committed to that either. So we, we don't know exactly where they're going to end up, but – the resource and uh, administrative and like financial gap between Chicago State and I think that certainly the top half of the horizon is very significant to, to the point where that 
it would it would blow me away if that's where the horizon went. They, there are many other institutions that are much more ready to compete at that level uh, than CSU. No disrespect to our, our Cougar friends here uh, south of 95th. I think they I think they understand. <laughs> I think they understand our concerns. Um, so with regards to the Horizon League, we're yeah, obviously we're looking. There's there's a couple of as we have obviously talked about many times over the past. Two. This has been going on for years, by the way, Matt. Um, yeah. Especially considering, you know, in the last couple, of, in the last year or so, we've we've added Robert Morris, we've added Purdue Fort Wayne. Oh, 2018 IUPUI came in. We've been, yeah. This is this has been a fluid conversation for us all the time. Um, of course it is because it's the Horizon League and people come and go so quickly here. Um, yeah. The one day, the one team, the, the one school that has come up. Um, in fact, uh, the one school that has come up for us, and I think we kind of, have, specifically as Horizon League fans, have been very, uh, have really started warming up to a lot recently is Bellarmine. Yeah, so I, I can't confirm one way or another that Bellarmine uh, is is imminent or anything, right? Sure. I understand. Uh, why it would make a lot of sense, you know, that that the, a lot of the schools in this conference are urban-based institutions, just about everybody, and, and so is Bellarmine. Uh, Bellarmine has not just a tradition of men's and women's basketball uh, success, it has a legitimate fan base. Um, you know, it was a Division II power, uh, and I, I think has acquitted itself pretty well here with, with the transition to Division One, which can be a little bit of a challenge. You already are looking at a world where your geographic footprint, I think, has expanded a little bit. Uh, to maybe where it was from, from where it was maybe you know eight nine ten years ago. So I I, I think competitively that would be fine and and going to Louisville is fine. Like it's my parent company's headquartered there. I'm in Louisville all the time, getting to know more more people from that school. The the, the potential concern might be it's pretty small, um, and it's it's private, and it's uh, you know different institutionally from, from some other schools in here. But I think if you were to make a hot board of, of, Hey, who fits our footprint, who fits our budget, who fits what we care about athletically, that would definitely be one of the top two or three institutions that you figure them, you think figure grand Valley state, you know, maybe one or two other ones, but if you're going to expand, which I don't necessarily think is a given. Yeah. yeah I, I understand why that would be near the top of the board. Yeah. So you mentioned grand, you mentioned grand Valley state. I know they are looking at a transition from Division One to Division Two, um, all the way around, yeah, from D two to D one. Yeah, you know what? I, yeah, it, what I said. Yeah, exactly. Except, yeah, strike that, reverse. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, their trans. So the big hurdle with them, their transition is Grand Valley plays football, and obviously the Horizon League does not. Um, if they were to be considered, would that? I mean, what? I mean, what part of that would be? And by the way, they check. Uh, and by the way, Grand Valley and Barrelman check all the boxes because they they play all the sports that the Horizon League sponsors. Um, but the football thing—that's the big—that's the big question mark for Grand Valley State because obviously the Horizon League does not sponsor football. Yeah, so I'm told that would not be a holdup because there are plenty of other FCS conferences that would love to just have Grand Valley football. The Ohio Valley would take them tomorrow. Um, uh, Ohio think, Valley needs to take a bunch of the Ohio Valley and Big South has some real problems right now. Well, but quite frankly, like half, half of FCS is in this boat where they're either at five teams and just below the cutoff line or just barely at the cutoff line. And and the fact that Grand Valley has been, I mean, one look, look, I mean, it, it's a twenty what twenty five thousand student 
uh, institution. Yeah. You're in one of the few, you know, growing metropolitan areas in the Midwest that doesn't have a Division One school. Um, and and they, they, they basically kick ass at almost every Division Two sport right now. They're going to have to hire some more administrators. But, you know, you, you look at the, the the blood and guts of athletic department, that looks more Horizon league than maybe some Horizon League schools. Sure. Um, so, you know, that would make, it, I think, a very strong addition. And they would not have a hard time finding a place to, to put the football team. If, if anything, you know, kind of from what I've been hearing over the last couple of months, it's, it's more like it's more of um, their interest and and ability to go to the OVC would be higher than the horizon. Like if, if, the, if the horizon is, is interested and is willing to have those kind of conversations, I believe that's a very gettable program, probably more than any other Division two school right now. The concern I would also have with Brown Valley State is that they'd have to go through that probationary period. So that's, you know, because obviously the the that probationary period between uh, from D2 to D1 is four years. Bellarmine's going to have the same problem, but Bellarmine, I think it's there in like year three or four in that, that process. In the same, they're kind of in the same boat as Northern Kentucky was when their first year of the Horizon League. Um, well, you, well, real quick on that, what, one thing to, to for your listeners to keep in mind sure. here. Is that remember we're we're in the middle of a complete Division One constitutional review? That we are. The current bylaws state that there's a four-year tra- uh, transitionary period. There's no guarantee that that will be the case in August. Um, I was actually, you know, before we talked here, I was just on the phone with somebody at the Division Two level, and where there is, there's a lot of membership interest in. Uh, decreasing the probationary period to potentially two years or one year and make it easier for uh, schools to reclassify either up to Division two or potentially down from Division one. Um, there are so many Division one conferences right now that are likely to or need to recruit from Division two and um, where there's going to be some interest, I don't know if it's going to be enough to pass, but some interest, in, in changing that bylaw, particularly if you're a school like Grand Valley that's used to competing for championships, to then have to go an entire like, you know graduation class before you can do that again, that might be enough to keep you in Division Two. So uh, for all of these things, I would just say, you know, take whatever the current bylaws say with a grain of salt, because whatever the bylaws say about automatic tournament qualifications, about uh, NCAA tournament units, about uh, moving up from D two. None of those things are guaranteed to remain the same in a year and a half. Like, I mean, if you want to get really apocalyptic, there's a, a chance that the Horizon League won't be an AQ conference anymore because there won't be AQ conferences. Like these, these are these are things that are evolving as we speak. Yeah, um, yeah. Usually, I usually I relish chaos. In that case, no. <laughs> and, uh, brother, I got I got to tell you, for somebody whose job it is to write about off the field administrative stuff in this sport, um, having to just like make that a boiler part of every one of my newsletters is is a pain like it, it sucks for everybody trying to make long-term decisions right now with imperfect data jesus yeah um so the last thing i want to ask um is there any uh, is there is there any possibility do you, that you see that that an ovc school tra- moves moves into the horizon like an siu edwardsville or morehead state um if that's a possibility i'm not aware of it i, okay. I don't i don't want to say that it's it's impossible because Division one's really freaking big. And I, I think I'm a decent reporter, but I don't know everybody. <laughs> right? sure. I don't know everything that's that's happening here. I don't want to I don't want to you know say that I'm some kind of a, a newsbreaker. I, I can tell you that Moorhead and Edwardsville, I think, would have 
institutional challenges and trying to move up to maybe a higher degree of difficulty or a, a league that would require them to spend more money okay. uh, or invest a little bit more in those sports. And if you're the kind of person that's as a fan, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want Chicago State. I don't know if you want maybe Edwardsville right now either. Not that they're the same, but that, that's probably closer competitively to, um, you know, maybe a Youngstown. Uh, then maybe somebody a little bit higher up uh, in, in, in your in your conference. So if, if things completely fall apart, if Tennessee State leaves, if um, another OVC team leaves and it's clear that they're not going to be able to expand to anybody else, I, I think it's possible. But if I was to, to handicap this right now, I would think it is more likely that either Bellarmine or Grand Valley end up joining, if anybody does. And it's entirely possible the Horizon could say, you know what, we feel really good about our, our teams right now. We're not losing anybody that's like a flagship basketball brand. What's the rush? Why why, yes. take, why reach somebody who might suck or might take eight years to, to become a median member? We'll just wait nine months and see what happens. Like that's that's a real possibility here too. If only they had thought of this – if only they had had the same thought in 2018. Honest, when Valpo honestly, left. Yeah, there's there's been a couple of leagues that I think have, have – I don't want to say buyer's remorse, but uh, – have looked at past changes and realized maybe we want to make sure yeah. uh, or don't have to add somebody unless we absolutely have to. And somebody at, at this level, you know, there, there's kind of a joke in college basketball that you know, even the most hopeless program is one good coaching hire from from being above 500, right? You hire the right guy, very few jobs are so hopeless when you can't get better. And I think that that's also true for ADs and presidents. And no matter what you have on paper, how attractive or what a perfect brand or fit a school looks like, if you don't have a great president, you don't have great alignment between your your administration and your coaches, or you're swinging and missing a coach, you're you're looking, you're staring at eight and twenty three, <laughs> and, and uh, watching your fundraising kind of kind of shrivel up. And uh, sure. these are things to think about. Not naming any school in particular, but you know these are things to think about if you're an administrator in this part of the country. Sure. All right. Well, Matt, thank you once again for joining us um, again. Your yeah, uh, extrapointsmb.com. Um, that's a be sure to subscribe to that. It's a great that's a great newsletter. And of course, you can find Matt on Twitter as well at uh, oh crud, what is it? Matt Brown. EP. Be, yep, Matt Brown EP. There's a Matt Brown that also works for the Athletic. Um, he is my evil doppelganger. That that that's not me, even though we look kind of similar, right? About similar stuff. Uh, my Twitter avatar is the old timey football player carrying a big old bag of money. There you um, yeah, Perfect. so if you're into the stuff, uh, I think you might enjoy that newsletter. All right. Well, thank you very much, Matt. Hey, it's, hey fellas, it's my pleasure. Uh, take care. And that is going to do it for us on this bonus episode. I feel like we've talked a lot for a bonus episode, and I'm totally okay with that. Um, thanks again to Matt Brown for coming in. Um, he's on Twitter at Matt Brown EP. He's, uh, be sure to subscribe to his newsletter. You can get there at uh, extrapointsmb.com. And, of course, you can come to our website, too, because, John, obviously, John has alluded to the story. He's going to be writing about uh, potentials for the Horizon League, uh, horizonroundtable.com. Horizon obviously, you can pull us up on wherever podcasts are found, and you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So tune in next week. Obviously, we're going to be on back on Sundays on a regular time. Until then, thank you all for listening.